Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners, ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads, love where you live. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50 plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. So today I wanted to share about a parenting challenge of my very own that I hope you will all find helpful, comforting, or both on your own parenting journey. But I wanted to give a quick update about the book as I'm about to start the formatting process. I have a book designer who will be um, doing this. She also created the cover. So it's really exciting to be getting to this next major step of getting the book out fixes to seven common toddler struggles like tantrums, bedtimes, aggression, potty training, separation anxiety, and more, as well as covering some basic toddler development so you have a better understanding of that, what our kids need from us, what our toddlers need, what they're going through, as well as covering some basics of their temperaments. You get a lot of that basic information, a really great, I think, um, overall resource for parenting. Toddlers. I'm also, I'm just going to give a quick update on some of my summer adventures as it relates to our family and as me as a parent. So I remember, and actually what's so funny is that actually this ties right into the struggle that I had with my daughter that I talk about in this episode. So, you know, I remember when my kids were still all toddlers. So I remember when my kids were still toddlers and even for quite a while after that, that so much of my time, so much of my energy was spent on just the day-to-day tasks. When they were really little, I remember going days and days without even taking a shower. Now, of course, I was one of those weirdos that would take all the kids out in the triple stroller and do a run before I would try to do a shower, but that's because I could take them all with me in the stroller, not so easily um, just leave them to take a shower. But And then, of course, my husband would get home and I'd just be so tired. I'd just be like, forget about it. Anyway, 
little by little over time, I have been able to have more and more time to myself to just take care of myself, to pursue some of my own interests, my own goals. So if you're just in the throes of all of that, just know that it does get easier and better, especially as you invest this time early on in helping them with those emotion skills and growing up to be responsible about emotions and lots of other things that it will pay off. And as they get into these middle elementary, later elementary school years, that they just grow into these amazing people that you see blossoming and it frees you up so much to do so much with them. Also so much um, more time to do things for yourself as well. So the, the cool thing is that I'm now in a place where we have all this. It's a really nice balance of family togetherness, family adventures, um, a bit more time to pursue things on my own. And we've been doing a lot of outings as a family, exploring our new city, well, my old city, but I didn't explore it as a family. So it's, I'm doing a lot of different things than I used to do before, um, showing my kids a lot of things. And it's just really fun to do that. The kids are getting to do and see and experience many, many new things as I've shared, like sunsets at the beach, um, the lighthouses, the little trails down to the beach, just cute little towns, little beach towns that we go to, go out to dinner, walk on the beach, lots of boogie boarding. We're just having a great, great time. So this past weekend, we did a very short, a very short one and a half mile hike. It actually turned out to be a little longer than that. So it was a hike that goes, it was pretty flat, um, sandy, like soft, um, loose dirt as we went out to this slot canyon. Now the slot canyon was actually pretty short, pretty small, and it starts out wide and it gets narrower and then it gets very narrow as you climb up between the sandstone rocks up on either side of you and you climb up and up and up and it, we were in the canyon for maybe 10 minutes it's a pretty short little canyon you go up about 10 minutes and a lot of the slowdown was actually uh, just people that were there with uh, you know just a line of people and you get up to the top part of the canyon where the only way out well would either be to go back which you can't because there's just people coming through this constantly. So it's a one way. But so what they did was they put in ladders. Uh, there's three sets of ladders that you can climb up to get to the top of the canyon and then you hike the trail back down. Well, the kids had so much fun doing that that we actually did the trail twice, Did not the trail, did the canyon twice. So it ended up being a little bit longer than one and a half miles because that would have been if we just did the canyon once. But the canyon's so short, like I said, it was maybe a quarter mile um, because you're just climbing up and up and up. So we added, tacked on a little bit there, doing an extra loop of that. So we had a great time with that. And we then went out for brunch and we went and got dessert and just had a really nice morning together as a family. So I did post pictures of that on my Instagram at ironmom2020. Um, it's just been really fun to have these new adventures together. Every weekend I pick something new and we go do that together. Sometimes during the week, if it's a beautiful um, sunset at the beach, if I can see that there's no clouds over at the west, we will drive over to the beach and watch the sunset. The kids will play in the waves during the sunset. So it's just, um, it's very magical. So another thing that I've been doing is I am preparing myself for a backpacking overnight one night to hike the Narrows top down in Zion in September. So this is about a 16 mile hike through the river, through the canyon of Zion. And so um, ever since we went there a couple of years ago as a family that was on my bucket list, I've really wanted to do it. So I have a friend of mine who wants to do this with me. So the two of us are gonna go do this together. So I'm nervous anxious, but also really excited to do this together. 
So on Sunday, I did an eight mile trail run slash hike because there was a lot of sand. I was running through a lot of sand. So I ended up walking through that part with my dog to just start to get longer mileage and get used to longer mileage. I didn't have the pack on though. So that's my next thing. Do something longer with my pack. And I got my equipment. I'm testing it out. I still have a little bit of equipment to get. So not to get too far down on that tangent. So this actually all relates to this struggle I had with my daughter. So I'm going to talk about how this all unfolded as we get further. So had this interaction with my daughter on Monday morning, and I had two distinct choices. And I honestly wasn't sure what the quote unquote, best choice would be. So now, of course, layered on top of almost every exchange we have with our children is our own life experience, our own temperament, ours and theirs. And we each have this lens that we see the world through. And knowing and understanding our own lens is extremely helpful, but it also does not always equate to knowing exactly the right answer. I say right in in quotes there because you know, there, it really isn't right or wrong, but not always having that, that perfect answer or the better answer to, to go to. It's still just a struggle sometimes. So I'm going to talk about my daughter first. So she can be very perseverant. And as I've mentioned, this is not a bad thing. This is actually a great trait until they use it against us, their parents, and then with that attitude. So I want to raise strong kids who know what they want, what they need, how to advocate for it, and to really push back when this is just not something that they want to do or when someone is, you know, stepping over their boundaries. I want them to be really strong and step in and say, no, you can't treat me that way. No, you can't make me do that. I'm not going to do that. So I want them to be strong. So it's a really important thing to nurture in them. But there's a fine line with that, of course. And I'm not saying they can't use that with me. Of course they can if I were overstepping their boundaries. But, um, but you know, when I'm the parent as someone who really wants what's best for them, sometimes I might have them do some things that they don't really want to do, but it really is in their best interest or so I hope I'm doing what's in their best interest. And that is always the goal. So I am teaching my kids to communicate and approach things in a way that are about mutual problem solving and mutual respect and communication, not just about digging in and saying, no, I'm not doing that. So in addition to being perseverant, Taylor is a real bear when she hasn't had enough sleep. So there's literally no reasoning with this girl when she's tired and doesn't have the luxury of time to wake up enough to get to a better place, to get to a better attitude before we need to leave to go do something that she doesn't want to do. In addition to that, Taylor can be a little dramatic. So, you know, things are just so much worse than they really are or, you know, that type of thing. She kind of goes over the top. She also tends to shy away from challenges if it's just you know, if it's just not something that she's very good at, she doesn't even want to try it. So just as an example, we're going to Hawaii, Taylor and I, in August, and we're going to do all kinds of fun things. We're going to go see the waterfalls. Um, There's like really cool animals that are on the grounds of the place that we're going. She wants to do some type of animal interaction. She might do a surf lesson. Like there's just so many things and we'll just see what other things she wants to do. But a couple of the things there are obviously I said, we're going to do a a luau because that's part of the cultural experience. And of course, she's very excited about that. It's a show and good food and who doesn't want that? 
but um, there's lay making and there's hula lesson. And so we're going to do the lay making. She's fine with that. She doesn't want to do the hula lesson. She just has this thing about looking foolish. She's afraid she's going to look foolish. And she's just like, I don't want to do that. And she's really kind of digging in about that a little bit. She's, you know, not really digging in, but it's just not something she wants to do. But, you know, so I need to push her past her comfort zone on this. And I'm like, it's part of the cultural experience. We're going to go do this. So I'm like, everything else we do is fun what you know things that you want to do we'll pick a couple activities that you want to do and go do those we'll hang out at the resort we'll go into the town we'll try some good food we'll swim in the water we'll do some snorkeling all kinds of fun stuff but I'm like this is one thing we're gonna do that she's feeling a little uncomfortable with okay so that's my daughter at least the kind of the bigger pieces to her personality that come into play here so in it so then that's Taylor's lens and the things that she is dealing with, then there's my own. So I tend to be very perseverant as well. So when I see something a particular way, or I think that will be a big benefit to her when I'd like to see her push herself, I will push her. So here we are. And I do understand this puts each of us in a position for this classic standoff or power struggle. So I have to manage to step out, step back, and I just put the boundary really hard when I finally decide like, nope, this is something you need to do. This is what we're doing. So I set that strong boundary and I don't like it getting to that point. I really try to do everything I can to appeal to her um, sensibilities, to explain to her why this is a good thing, why she needs to try it, why she needs to go through with this on that day. But when push comes to shove and I feel like it's the right thing for her to do or for her to try, then I do set that boundary pretty strongly. Okay, so... We have had a few exchanges like this. The ones I can remember revolved around swim practice. So there were a couple of times this happened. She was promoted to the highest swim group in her age group, the gold group. And one day she was just dreading it. She didn't want to go. So I walk in to take her to swim practice. And the problem is she waited until it was time to get ready to go to swim to tell me she didn't want to go. I had given her reminders throughout the day. We have swim practice today. I'm going to be coming in to get you at X time. So she knew all day and she didn't approach it. She waited till I came in and said, okay, it's time to get dressed before she got upset and said she didn't want to go. So that was my first issue. In that moment, I explained this to her. I'm always open for discussion on anything that she wants to talk about, anything she wants to change, anything that's not working for her, but she cannot wait until the last minute, until it's time to get ready and go out the door and then just announce that she doesn't like it anymore and she's not going. So I explained that we pay for it monthly, that it was the beginning of the month, so I just paid for it. I explained that she, that she needs to come to me earlier and start talking about this as it starts to become something that isn't working for her. Also, keep in mind Taylor's 10, so that helps you understand what age range we're talking about here. So she's late elementary school. She can definitely begin to fold these lessons into her experience and her understanding and then use that to come communicate with me. But she's also young enough that this is still something that she is going to struggle with or needs to work on and that I'm going to have to coach her with for a little while. So I coached her on how to approach me. Mom, I'd like to talk about swim. I'm not enjoying it anymore. Can we talk about that? I really don't like this new group. It's just too hard. So this way we have time to sit down and have a discussion about her concerns, about my concerns, about the payment, about whatever, what she wants and what's important to me. So and that so that we have time for a transition to find something else for her before she quits. 
So at that moment, what was important to me was two things, getting out of the house at all. This was at a time where she had been schooling at home for 14 months straight. She was barely getting out of the house for anything. She was only getting out for swim practice. It was the only time she was getting out, getting fresh air, getting around other kids. And so I felt like that was just a really important thing. The exercise really improves her moods. So I didn't want her just quitting swim and not having some other exercise to go to because she needed that physical outlet in order to regulate her hormones and her emotions. So it was really an important thing, I felt like. So I said, if we're going to change things up, we need time to plan the transition. She went to practice that day. She actually, it was fine. She had a good time. She giggled with her friends. They did some relays. She just, she cheered on her friends. Her friends cheered her on and she was chit-chatting with them after practice. And it just, it went really well. It was really nice. Then we had the same thing happen the next week. She had the exact same reaction right as we're getting ready to go. She digs in. So she doesn't like it, doesn't want to go anymore. And I explain, she often says this, then when she goes, she actually has a good time and it's really good for her mood. It's good for her to get out of the house. So we talked about all that again. And I said, again, if you really want to quit, you can quit, but we have to have a transition. You know, she digs in, put down my boundary. We go, she comes out from practice and she's in tears. She is just miserable. So they had made her swim, a fi- well, all the kids, not just her, 500 yards was part of the swim practice that day, 500 yards straight. And she just did not enjoy that at all. It was a lot of long yardage and she was just done. And on that day, I did let her quit. I don't want her coming out in tears. That's just not okay for me. So I felt like the first time, I made, quote unquote, the right choice, a good choice. The second time, I can't say I made the wrong choice. There was just no way of knowing that it was going to go like that instead of like it did the first time because the way it went the first time was how it usually went. You know, I guess what I can say is the good choice or the right choice was that I just said, okay, you can be done. I wasn't going to put her through that anymore. Seeing how upset she was, I wasn't going to keep pushing her on it. So I guess that was probably the good choice. And I, I let it go to a certain point where I was like, okay, no, that's enough. So Monday morning, we had another similar experience where she doesn't want to do something and I'm standing there going, because of the other two experiences I've had with her, along with some other of my own internal, you know, lens and experience that I'm also trying to weigh into this decision. I'm standing there looking at her as she's telling me she's not doing this and I'm trying to figure out what to do. So I'm going to talk about that experience, what I decided, how it went, what I'm doing moving forward to prevent these types of interactions from becoming a pattern between she and I, right after a word from our sponsors. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. 
air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep, and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. My favorite thing about Armoire is all the different style and occasion options from casual to athleisure to night out, work formal, work casual, a total of eight different occasions, three weather options, and 11 categories, including accessories, outerwear, and blazers, just to name a few. With Armoire, you can always have something new to wear without the hassle and closet clutter. You know the feeling. You open your closet, it's full, but you have quite literally nothing to wear. You're bored with everything in there. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothes for every occasion. Whether you're planning your outfit for date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off the first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash parenting. That's armoire.style. A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Now that we're back after the break, I'm going to talk about what happened between Taylor and I, our latest exchange, my thought process, what I was weighing, what my final decision was, and what we're doing moving forward. So Monday morning, I went in to get her up. Virginia lifeguards. Now, this is a tough program. They work very hard all day. They do some fun stuff, though. They do paddle boarding. They do obstacle courses. They do jumping off the lifeguard boats into the water. They do boogie boarding. So, and she has two friends she's made there, and she's really having a good time. But most of it, they're doing some form of running. The obstacle course has some running. Um, Almost every exercise or activity they do includes some type of running beach flags, um, you know, just running up and down the beach, running to the jetty, running to the pier, running to here and there. So she really hates the running part of it. And her feet are sore a lot. I've had her checked out to the pediatrician. Everything is fine. Um, They said it's not due to arthritis, which was really my main concern because I was diagnosed with arthritis at age nine. So I wanted to make sure that was not something that she had. So Monday morning, she's super tired, which means she's super grumpy, which means she's digging in and doesn't want to do something that isn't 100% exciting and fun for her. And she was sharing her displeasure about going to junior lifeguards and just sat there and just flat out said, I'm not going. So here I am. It's 8.15, facing my daughter in her room. She's seated on the bed saying her feet hurt. Junior guards isn't fun and she's not going. 
We have to be out the door in 15 minutes. She's not dressed. Her bag isn't packed. She has no sunscreen on. She hasn't had breakfast. In the meantime, her brother is out there getting ready and is almost completely ready to go. And she's digging in. I have pushed her, like I said, in the past. And I felt really bad about that. After she came out in tears, I didn't I don't want to do that to her again. I don't like getting to this point where she is getting pushed too far. If I make her go, it's not just an hour of swim practice. It's five hours. Yes, they get a quick lunch break. I'm sure they chit chat in between. They do some boogie boarding. They get some free water time. But she has no way to reach me or tell me if she's just unbelievably miserable. I mean, I'm sure if it got really bad that she could have them call me. But I don't want her to be unhappy. I don't want her spending her day unhappy. That's not the point at all. And I think it's important to find as much joy as we can in life. Forcing her to do something, if she truly will be miserable all day, is not what I'm after. Not by a long shot. On the other hand, if she stays home, she'll be online all day playing games with friends online rather than out at the beach, running around for exercise, fresh air, playing in the water, two friends live and in front of her, giggling with her. And I know her. I know that she can be dramatic. I know that she can say something is terrible and then actually ends up having a great time. And that's most of the time. When I ask her how things went after one of these exchanges, she'll give me this coy smile that says, you were right. She gives me this coy smile and kind of looks at me with a side glance. And she's, it, she's like, you were right, but I don't want to admit it. And she even says that afterwards. She's like, I said, do you have a good time? And she's gives me that look and I'm like you did she's like yes so in this instant I'm standing here going I have no idea how this day is gonna go I don't know how hard I should push her so then this is where my own life filter comes in and I know this I understand this I weigh this into my decision as well I was diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis at nine a lot of my days were painful Just getting up, standing up, and starting to walk every morning because some type of inflammation and swelling would have set into my joints would take me um, a little bit to get that worked out. Sometimes writing could be painful for me. I was told not to do a lot of things. I was told not to do any impact sports. I was told I wasn't supposed to run. Um, I had to quit gymnastics. My teacher treated me like I would break if I did anything anything physical and wouldn't let me do anything. I hated the way she treated me differently. I remember specifically one time we were setting up for the school play. I was helping carry a ladder across the gymnasium and she made one of my friends come up and take the ladder from me. She wouldn't even let me carry a ladder across the stage. I was embarrassed. I was angry. I was frustrated. So I developed into this person who won't let anything stop me and especially my arthritis. Even if I am in pain, I push through it. I have done, as you a lot of you know, Ironmans. I do triathlons. I do hikes. I do trail runs. You know, I'm going on this long trail. I've done backpacking before. I'm just constantly doing things, and I'm not. My arthritis is never an excuse to stop me from doing anything. It may slow me down. I may know it's painful. I may manage that. But other than that, I'm just not going to not live my life just because I have some pain. Now, of course, I never, ever want to have my daughter do anything if I felt it were detrimental or damaging to her in any way. But me being this kind of glutton for punishment, I can't always tell when she is just 
wimping out because either it's going to be embarrassing for her because she doesn't really want to push herself very hard because she doesn't want to, you know, face up to the challenge. Um, or if it's really like she really just is pushing past her limits. So I'm standing there weighing all of this with a short amount of time to make these decisions. In addition, like I said, Saturday we did that short family hike. She had all the afternoon to rest. They went out to see fireworks that night. She had all day Sunday to rest. While I went off and I did an eight mile run in the canyon. I went, sorry, I went off and did an eight mile run through the trail. So here I am in my own head trying to decide, am I being too tough on her? Am I pushing her too hard? Should I let her have the day off? Having no idea which way the day will go. If she's going to go and have a great time like she usually does, or she's going to come back in tears and be like, I hated it. The whole day was terrible. I'm never going back again. In the end, I decided she needed to go. I felt like she had had enough rest, enough time off. I knew that she enjoyed enough about it that I felt like it would be a good day for her. So I just felt like she needed to push through it. I also said that if she doesn't feel like running, if it really does hurt, she can tell them her feet are hurting and that she um, needs to do something else instead of the running so that she can tell the people in charge that. And that I felt like a lot of her pushback was just about being too tired just to begin with. And when she's tired, she's just oppositional in general. And I really hoped that she would have fun. I hoped that she would be one step closer to learning when and how to push past her own negative thoughts, get above those and be like, I'm going to go and just try this and make the best out of it and accomplish something that she could be really proud of. Who knows what they were going to do that day? She came home one day, they took the boat out to the water and got to jump off into the middle of the water. And that was just a really fun day for her. What if they did that that day and she missed it? And then, of course, as one of these people who does all these crazy things, for me, the results are worth it. Even if I'm in pain and I'm struggling during the middle of it, the views and the experiences I get to have, being off by myself, the sense of accomplishment when it's over, the increasing self-confidence and self-esteem that comes from each of these adventures and experiences, I know she will may never be like me in some of those ways. However, she has told me she wants to hike the Narrows, and I'm obviously not going to take her right now. She's not ready. But I feel like she has some stuff hidden in there that she may turn out to be a very adventurous young lady when she's ready. I think she may challenge herself for the rewards of amazing experiences. And I do feel like me helping push her a little bit may help her get there, may help her see her own inner strength that she doesn't know that she has. So if you're wondering how this turned out, when I went to pick her up, she actually wanted to stay and play at the beach with her friends. The day wasn't easy by any means, but she did enjoy the time with her friends and didn't want to leave. They did have fun that day. And she did tell the older lifeguards that her feet hurt and she, there was a couple of runs that she didn't want to do. And they let her do some planks and some other things instead. And she loves the beach. She loves being there. She loves playing in the waves. So luckily... It really did turn out very well this time. When we got home, I cuddled up to her in bed and we talked about the morning and I said to her, are you still angry with me? And she said, no. So once she calmed down and wasn't you know, so tired, she was fine. She, we talked about how to communicate more effectively. This was another coaching session on how to communicate more effectively, how to open up a discussion. We discussed my reasons for wanting her to push herself to get through that day. I explained my hopes for her and the positive character that I hope that these experiences are building for her and giving her. 
And she was her sweet and silly and connected self. She understands that all of this is out of love, out of my wanting to help her grow into her best self, helping her see that she's stronger than she gives herself credit for. And we will both have things to learn about how to communicate more effectively with each other. This is so much part of this parenting journey is learning ourselves, learning each of our kids individually, and how to really create that foundation with each child differently for these different types of interactions that we're going to have with each child. Parenting is not cut and dried, black or white, right or wrong. There are many nuances and it can be convoluted, even complicated like all human relationships, but we learn and we grow. We learn how to be better people because we are connected parents. We want to be better and do better for them, just like we want them to do and be their best selves too. Then on Tuesday, one of the wonderful things about my relationship with Taylor is that we do horseback riding together. We do a semi-private, just the two of us, a lesson for English riding, and we are both getting close to being ready to start jumping on the horses. And Taylor started horseback riding. She has wanted to do this since she was really little. I finally let her start doing this when she was nine, and it was something that I used to do in college. And so after seeing her ride, I decided I wanted to get back up on the horse and try it too. And she loves it and I love it. It's something we both love and we love to do together. And it's really bonds us and connects us. And as she gets through the adolescent years, I think it is really going to be something that is always going to connect us and that will help us give us that connection so that when things are a little rough, that it is some of the ties that will really help bind us strongly together and work through some of the misunderstandings that we may have in the future. If you are wondering about any of the classes that will help build this type of relationship, obviously all the positive discipline classes help build that foundation for a strong connection, um, really positive discipline exchanges, as well as two of my favorite classes for this are Raising Responsible Kids. So it teaches not just life skill responsibilities, but also responsibility of thought, taking responsibility for self, making um, good decisions for for myself and um, good choices for myself. It also the class um, teaching a growth mindset. A growth mindset is about coming up against those things, that negative self-talk, coming up against it and knowing that nobody's perfect, nobody's great at everything, we're all going to have challenges, but that it's we're not fixed, that nothing is predetermined. I mean, maybe there's something we're not great at, but if we keep um, assessing the situation, figure out how we're going to learn new skills, learn to do better, that we can go back and reapproach or re we can go back and redo something or do something the next time that we're going to do it differently because we learned from it the first time. So that's the growth mindset class. And I love that one too. Those along with all the other 60 plus parenting classes are on demand on the website at yourvillageonline.com. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Now, next week, I am out of town. I am going to try to do an episode while I am out of town. Um, but I am away at a seminar. So I'm, if something amazing comes up at the seminar and uh, something just sparks my creativity as it relates to parenting and this parenting journey that I think is going to be really helpful, I will do an episode while I'm there. If not, I will definitely be back in two weeks. Thanks so much for listening and see you soon. 